Isn't it crazy when a good thing starts to come together? Donna Kelsey was in the booth last night, and Zach Wilson went toe-to-toe with Patrick Mahomes. So the Jets finally found a way to win. Texas and Oklahoma are running away with the Big 12, and the only team that stands in their way is Diet Kansas. The Big Ten has almost no identity, and the Bears blew a historical lead this weekend to the Broncos. We're jam-packed tonight. Beautiful Monday night in October. So jam-packed, in fact, that all that stuff I just said is not in the episode. we got plenty of other stuff to talk about. Episode 4 of Under the Lights is upon us. College football is uh, top of the hour here. But first, before we get into college football, let me ask you guys a favor here. Subscribe. I know we just started here, but flip that phone, scroll down, subscribe. If you're a listener, if you're listening to the podcast, give that a follow over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Give it a rating, give it a like, uh, thumbs up, all that stuff, you know. Support is free. The works. Support is easy. Get your friends to subscribe. Get us out there. We're going to keep delivering beautiful episodes. Um, that said, let's get into college football. Uh, first of all, we're talking, we're talking SEC, boys. We had... We had a lot kind of to say about this conference last week in terms of who we thought would win it, who we thought is top of this conference, and almost all of it was wrong. We uh, we picked emotionally, um, and there's a lot still to be discovered. We, we did the one thing that sports fans, college football fans especially, should not do in uh, week four and five of a college football season. And that is assume how a college football season is going to go based on the first few weeks. These teams are not in midseason form. Uh, wild weekend in the SEC fogs the conference even further. First of all, uh, Georgia is still looking to come out of their shell this season. And they they look like they struggled all day against Auburn on Saturday. Final score of that one, I believe, 27-20. to 20. Kind of an ugly game. Kind of an ugly game. A few things that stick out. Um... Auburn, two very crucial turnovers inside the 30-yard line. Those obviously benefited them in the scoring margins because they didn't do much on offense. They couldn't really run the ball, and they still threw for under 100 yards. Crazy that this team even competed with Georgia, especially with stats like that. Like You're telling me that they're not even doing anything on offense, and they're basically getting gifted points at that point? Like, Incredible day on the defense, but I... Yeah, that's the one thing that always seems to um, kind of beat Georgia is themselves. Like, when, they, when they're turning the ball over yeah. and they're just not playing good on offense, because their defense is good, but I feel like they're not the kind of defense that's, like, uh, going to, like, pick six a team or, like, scoop and score teams. They'll no, turn them over, but they won't. They're not getting a lot of takeaways this year. This ain't the same. But, Ain't the same Georgia defense. That is yeah, definitely it's not the for Georgia sure. defense we're seeing usually. Not the Georgia defense we've seen the last two years. This is not fifteen. This is not fifteen NFL picks Georgia this year. They lost. They lost a lot yeah. of great players in the draft over the last two years. So you got to understand that Kirby Smart is definitely working with a new crew of guys yeah. that he's trying to mold and be like, okay, like this is where we can succeed. This is where we, you know, cannot like. Yeah. He's been there. He has that championship caliber now. You know, it's all up to the players to put it yeah. into action. And they've been doing all right, you know, but like. Nothing well, really we'll stands see. out yet, but that'll come down to coaching adjustments. Kirby Smart's going to make those. That coaching staff is top of the country. I would say top of the country coaching staff. They're going to make the adjustments they need. They're going to find ways to put the ball in the end zone. They're not a passing team this year. You're going to have to run the ball a lot. You're going to 
have to rely a lot on your tight ends because you don't really have any bona fide studs catching the ball after that. But does Georgia have a problem or is the three-peat still obtainable? I would say this is the perfect year to have a down year because who knows what's going on in college football right now. Georgia still looks like one of the best teams, if not the best team in the league, but there's no bona fide anybody out there. Are they in trouble or not? I, uh, we'll see. I mean, the offense has definitely struggled a couple yeah. games this year, a, a lot this year, actually, like against teams that they probably shouldn't have struggled against. And the defense, you know, has been shaky in spots, has made them and play in a lot of closer games to a lot of good SEC opponents that are maybe not like there yet, but they're on the come up. So we'll see when they actually play like a, a top SEC team. That's also the thing yeah. is they don't have a lot of that left on their schedule. They really don't have too much of a test until obviously Alabama late in the season. And then you don't play them again until it wouldn't even be the championship. Cause if you beat Alabama regular season, they're not making that championship. So you right. might only play yeah. Alabama once and that might be your only test before you go into that title game. They do have a test, uh, coming up this weekend, but we'll talk about that here in a little bit. We'll see how that goes. Speaking of that team, though, that they play this weekend, Kentucky dominates Florida at home, and uh, the Wildcats are quietly sitting atop, just above Georgia, in that uh, SEC East over there. What do, we, what do we think about the Wildcats so far? I like what they're doing. I think that offense is kind of is finally starting to click, um, and I think, obviously, last year they had Will Levis at quarterback, so like they had they had a high powered offense and it was, I feel like a lot of people kind of thought this may have been like a transition year or like a year that they're not necessarily like at that level that they were. But I think, I, I think they got a group of guys that they might, they might be a sneaky pick to take that SEC. Could be a guy that was definitely one to watch preseason. Ramon Davis had 280 yards, three touchdowns in this one. Absolutely torched Florida all game. Florida had no answer for yeah. that run game. A weakness they had coming into this game, but it really, really got exposed in it this showed. Um, Kentucky, or not Kentucky, uh, Florida's head coach, Billy Napier, is now one in seven on the road coaching at Florida. Yikes. Uh, something's got to change there, for sure. You're only in your second year, but you gotta find a way to win outside the swamp if you want to compete in the SEC. This is not Florida football. Like yeah. it, Florida football is we're going to go wherever, do whatever and win. That's that's Florida football. Seeing this ugly ugly stuff happening in the swamp, never promising. They had, you know, a decent year last year because of Anthony Richardson and it's just not turning out the same. If you don't have the same caliber of player at that position, obviously you're not going to have the same results. So I think they got uh, Graham Mertz, who definitely <laughs> not the same caliber. He's um, been passed he's around AR-15. Uh, the NCAA he's he's for a been passed while. around about every conference at this point. <laughs> um, that that Florida team you were just talking about lost this weekend to a team who threw nine for twenty for sixty nine yards. Um, that can't lose that game. That's a tough game to win, much less a tough loss to stomach for Florida. Um, is is it trouble in the swamp? Yes. <laughs> if, trouble if trouble going their, forward. If if they can't get a handle on their rush defense, um, as as in like stopping the run, 
they they're going to have some trouble because that it's, uh, there's teams in the SEC that can run all over teams, just about all. And, of them. Yeah, I mean. and you you got to get something figured out. I mean, obviously their pass game looks all right. The, well, last week I guess it looked pretty good, but you're not going to have another team have a guy throw for 69 total yards. <laughs> no, you gotta you not. gotta get some nice stat, but you gotta you gotta get you gotta get a run defense in there. Yeah, I mean they might have. They might have Auburn throw for 69 well, yards against Auburn's, them. So, I mean, there's that. But Auburn, Auburn might be one of the worst teams in the country. Auburn's also not going to rush for 303 touchdowns. So Yeah. yeah. Um, That's not, not a game they should time. have to worry about. I would say <laughs> trouble in the swamp. I would say trouble in the swamp if there's no adjustments going forward. Yeah. You've got to find a way to win on the road. You can't yep. leave you home. You can't compete in the Very SEC. good in the swamp. I think he's lost... Maybe two games at home. I think it's one though. Man. Which so Florida's still right up there. They're they're winning games. I think it's two games. Yeah. Uh, but with how good other home, teams but, play at home, man. you have to find a way to win. Oh yeah. Good it's the, the SEC. You've got to if you're nationally competing in the SEC, you've got to win those. You've got to win some of those road games. You're likely you not going to take them all, but every game. You play four. If you want to make the playoff, you got to win three on the road. And they're winning one in eight tries. That's you're not getting it done there. Ole Miss. Ole Miss shocked some people this weekend. They took a rare win over a top 15. I mentioned last week that Lane Kiffin doesn't get a lot of those. Shootout he win. He told you to shut up. Shoot, he might have. I, <laughs> if he heard me. But uh, shootout <laughs> win at that. Uh, we were really, I was, I was really high on LSU last week. I picked them to win the whole entire conference. And then uh, they go and they can't get it done against Ole Miss. Um, I don't know. Is it the Ethan Detterman curse? It might be, dude. It might be. I uh, I don't know if I necessarily fully retract LSU winning the conference because it's still up there. If they run the table, they can definitely still win this thing. Uh, this is a very good football team, especially over there in the West. There's a It's the Wild West right now. There's a lot of losses going on. I think it could be like, the Big Ten West, and you might see a three-loss team enter that championship game this year, which would be insane considering you got Alabama and LSU in that in that division. But still sticking with they could win it, but not a good not a good outing on this one. Um, were we too high on LSU, too low on Ole Miss, or is this conference just a little bit too fuzzy to tell what's going on right now? I feel like we've kind of circled this this conversation a couple times when we've talked about like parity in in college football. I feel like there is just a great parity, especially when it comes to conference to conference, but also interconference, especially in a place like the SEC where they can literally have a direct pipeline from Texas to yeah. Florida, basically, and they just take all of those recruits out of those great states that. Yeah. play a lot of great football in high school yeah. and get a lot of great players produced out of those great states. And and that's where the talent comes from. And the SEC is is always been one of the premier, you know, thick, you know, conferences in college football. Yeah. And I feel like it's only gotten better and each team is finding more players to buy into what they have and I I think I think 
it's parody, honestly. Yeah. It's parody. NIL might make that conference a super conference. They might get fuzzier and Back. fuzzier going forward, but I don't think fuzzy is what we're going to call it when that conference is winning title after title with three lost teams. Uh, with that, with all that said, um, all we've talked about the SEC, all we've talked about parody, all we've talked about how wide open college football is, the SEC looks exactly like it has for years now. Alabama and Georgia still sit at the top. Alabama with one loss, Georgia with none. And everyone else is just kind of beating each other up. This is the same conference it was at this time last year, even though so far we've thought that it's far from that. Um, yeah, they definitely did not show this kind of talent at the very beginning of the year. No. They looked so shaky to start the year, and I think teams are finally starting to find themselves, and I think the SEC is starting to emerge as that power conference again. Um, I think... It might be still the same old, same old conference. We're getting a lot yeah. of potential newcomers coming up to contend for this conference, but I think you're seeing a lot of early season Fugazi right now. You're seeing a lot of teams stepping Fugazi. up into How life that they don't. How long have you wanted to say that word in, a, in podcast? <laughs> My whole life. Um, <laughs> we got a lot of teams stepping into a light they don't normally step into right now, and that light might shine a little too bright. For some of these teams, we might see the same thing we've seen for the last five years, but who knows? I'm still taking LSU to take this conference. Um, <laughs> it's not crazy. We ready, we ready for some message board maniacs? Let's hop into it. Let's get after it. Message board maniacs, the segment where uh, we dive into some college football message boards the Saturday after these games have, or after these games have happened on Saturday. And uh, we look at some of the craziest fans, some of the craziest comments. We see how these fans are doing after some of these games this weekend. We've got so two not teams. So good. Once again, not we've so got good. two two fan bases here to talk about. We've got USC and we've got UCF. It was a weekend full of comebacks in college football, full of comebacks in the NFL, in but every full of comebacks in football in general. We're going to talk about uh, USC first because as much as USC still managed to pull that game out, they uh there was a lot of a lot of major concern out of that fan base after that one and justifiably Thanks. so um the trojans nearly blew a 34-7 lead to colorado that 34-7 lead was solidified with seven minutes and 50 some seconds i believe left in the third quarter uh you can pretty much just put that one to bed at that point but they didn't um usc got outrushed by a team who thus far this season have ran for 55 yards, 58 yards, 70 yards, and 40 yards. They got outrushed by that team by 100 yards, 193 to 95 on the ground. They gave up yeah. nearly 600 yards to Colorado when they were up 34-7. Colorado had almost no offense produced at that point in the game, so they probably put up about 390 yards in one quarter to almost come back yeah. and win this game. Yeah, USC kind of went to sleep. They're just like, yeah, we've got this game in the bag, and they just kind of rolled over. Um, Scary scene. You can't do that in college yeah, football no. to be a top team. To be a good team, you have to stay on top of them and destroy them. So there's a fun one. Do yeah. we do we still think USC is a legitimate contender? I, I still think they are. I think I think this Colorado team kind of had that mentality. I think Coach Prime kind of has instilled it in them that we're not getting blown out again like we did uh, against Oregon. And Technically, that, they 
Yeah, and they kind of they kind of felt that starting to happen again with that USC team, and they're just like, this isn't happening. This isn't Colorado football. And then, I mean, they came out of the locker room a little shaky, and then they kind of picked it up. And I think I, that offense is too good to be contained. For I, I think it's super hard to contain that kind of offense for four quarters. Yeah. I think Oregon's arguably the best team in the country. And, it, I mean, I, I think USC needs to figure out some defensive things, but I'm not completing them, writing them off. Completely this writing them off. Of course, it's a Lincoln-Riley yeah, team. Yeah, I was going to say, this is not – this is not abnormal for a Lincoln Riley team. Uh, it's the same old, same old for him as well. Um, at Oklahoma, it was always highest rush rate in college football. A lot of sacks, big hitters, do anything. but absolutely zero after that. Coverage is yep. terrible. Their secondary doesn't know how to hit. They can't create turnovers. It This defense just, they melt like butter once you get after that first half, just like Lincoln Riley's teams always have. They melt to the run game. They get torched in their secondary. It's Alex Grinch has been his defensive coordinator his entire career. This guy has some way, has some, for some reason, failed his way to the top. You failed your way from Oklahoma to USC. You failed your way into constant playoff appearances I, I just don't see why there's Failed. not a change and i think that's where the change needs to be i just i don't see how you can continue looking at your teams who can put up 50 plus points a game know Score that your problem anybody. is that your opponent is also putting up 50 plus and you refuse to make that adjustment i i don't understand that at all I completely agree with you 100%. Like you, you're telling me you can't just look at your defense straight in the face and just be like, Hey guys, you're going to suck. Like, like what? Like adjustments have to be made (laughs) to be, to be a little bit of devil's advocate advocate for Colorado. uh, They have their rush game. I think it's been, I think it's a lot better than what we've seen this season. And I think this week showed that their rush offense can be significantly better because, um, I mean, they've played some pretty solid teams on the Russian defensive side. Yeah. Or, uh, like, I mean, Nebraska, they don't have a lot going for them, but their rush defense has always been good. TCU, week one, I think their rush defense is is, is pretty solid. Uh, obviously, one of Oregon. the best in college football. TCU's. Yeah, and then obviously obviously Oregon, and I can't think of the other team. that they, or Colorado State, they obviously have a pretty solid rush defense. And I think this is the first time we've seen them against a uh, terrible not- Terrible yeah. rush defense. I guess, yeah, against a terrible rush defense, but against a not top, like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know statistics off the top of my head, but, like, I'd say top, top 50 rush defense in the country. So I think if they play the lower end of the rush defenses, they can have these yeah. kind of games consistently. Um, Yeah, I, I think Colorado, if they could open up holes in the run game, they could have one of the best run games in the country. Yeah. I they've mean, got the talent there. They've got a lot of talent in that backfield. At the same time, uh, we'll we'll be pretty quick on Colorado here because they're not the not the focus. But at the same time, they need to find a way to get that backfield just plays in space. Why are why are you yeah, trying to run to the ball? If your offensive line sucks, why are you trying to run the ball? That team tries to go tries to go vertical all game yep. every game, which is that's their play style. They're going to try to beat you over the top. Get your running backs open in space and make some of those shorter plays if your run game is non-existent. But either way, 
Um, the check down is never a bad thing when you no, can get and they five almost, yards on first down. They almost never hit it. Facts. USC five, fans, on first down is huge. USC fans have hit desperation. Um, coach Ed O. Ed Orgeron, uh, former coach of LSU. Um, I don't remember where he coached after that. They have called for him to come in and assistant coach the defense. Um, oh, really? Yeah. He he talked about it on a talk show a while back, and USC fans are now calling his name. I don't know about that one. Ed O's had his uh, controversies, controversies in college football. I don't know if USC nice. quite wants that, but... Uh, they're caught. They're calling his name. It was a pretty popular comment on the subreddits there. Um, I think you go out of house. I okay. think you get rid of Alex Grinch. I don't think Ed O is your best option. Let's talk UCF fans. Um, UCF fans for the first time since they joined the Big Twelve got a little bit humbled this weekend. They're they're all of a sudden going from saying we're we're gonna crush your conference to saying you know what six <laughs> and six six and six might be the best outcome the here. Uh, they blew a also blew a massive lead theme here, thirty-five to seven lead to Baylor, with seven minutes left to go in the third, almost identical to that USC game. Um, a mix of two late game interceptions in opportune areas of the field. Um, poor, poor UCF clock management. You've got, fifth. You've got twenty-two minutes left to kill in the game. Just. Run the clock out. Use your time. They didn't use any. Didn't even force Baylor to use any timeouts. Um, almost no clock management there whatsoever. Baylor was able to get back in that game pretty quick. Yikes, yikes, yikes for UCF. The new kids on the block are still doing terrible in the Big New kids on the block just got kicked off. Yeah, it's not It's not looking good. It's not like I had a lot of high hopes for this UCF yeah, team going into this game. Uh, it was looking great. Because obviously they had played some pretty pretty solid ball up to that point. They had lost, I think, one game to a good team. I don't remember. But uh, I was like, Baylor, Baylor's not anything this year. But when you do what UCF did in that game to basically sabotage themselves, you got to look at it like, damn. I've uh, like, I've got an NIL question here. Going forward for UCF, you're in a massive market with a big opportunity. You're in the Big Twelve. You're recruiting out of Florida. Um, is is Gus Malzahn the guy at head coach going forward for UCF that is going to get the whole NIL thing done? Because he has almost zero interest in schmoozing the donors. He has almost zero interest in getting his players those deals. He has almost zero interest in any kind of spotlight whatsoever. Is he going to use this system of college football or is he going to stick to tradition? And if that's the case, does UCF have any shot competing in the new Big 12? You've got to adapt. In in football, you can't ever stay the same and be stagnant because it's a constant... it's that's the lovely thing about sports is it's constantly changing. Yeah. And at, at some point you've gotta you gotta figure out either I have to do this or I can't do my job well enough. And if he can't get to the point where he's like, I'll do the NILs and I'll start reaching out and getting the money people people are wanting, then I mean he needs out of there. You can I mean you saw how well it's it's working for I mean Coach Prime back not to go back to Colorado, but you saw how well that worked when he was like, Hey, Here's your money. Come play for me. Yeah, literally. And I mean, it's also Coach Prime, so I mean, he has. Here's that, your Ferraris but... and Lamborghinis and bags, and come play for yeah. Prime. Yep. I mean, um, why not? Like, get your money. 
You got to yeah, be able to coach it. You got to be able to coach it at the same time. That's why Dion is one of one because he can do all that. He can, he can he can flash money at you, but he can also turn college. you into a family and teach you how to play football. Yep. College coaches need to just understand that it's more about brotherhood. I'm gonna make it's a more about. I'm gonna make a broad family aspect. I'm gonna make a broad statement here. I I don't think a lot of these old head coaches, and I I don't want to attack age here. That's not what I'm trying to do. But I don't think a lot of these older generation head coaches have any shot in the new landscape of college football. Um, Genius minds like Nick Saban, they're going to know how to manipulate it. They're going to do fine. Minds like Gus Malzahn, minds like Brian Kelly even – um, a lot of just a lot of those older guys. I I don't think they're going to be around much longer. I don't think guys like Chip Kelly are going to be around much longer. You're going to see Dang. some very promising coaches more than likely retire a lot earlier than you thought they would have. Yeah, you're going to see. I, I, also think it's, I think it's a little easier for get the guys like Nick Saban to get, um, even though he doesn't necessarily do that nil thing. But I mean, he's still. I mean, it's still Alabama. And like, I feel like at the end of the day, they have such a rich history that people are going to be like, I want to go yeah. play for that guy. Like, I want to play for Nick Saban. Like, I may not be getting for 1. sure two mil, but oh, you're I'm still getting, getting a bag. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm going to be getting 20 million when I get drafted top five. There you go. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's, he's got he's got the history to be able to be like, this is what I've done with these guys who are literally <laughs> who work. Nobody's coming in. See my trophy and case. I turn them into, <laughs> yeah. He's just going to be like this. <laughs> That's all he's got to do. Tom Brady recruiting tactics. <laughs> exactly. There's a list. Exactly. There's a list. He could go down a giant list. Say, here's here's all the Alabama yep. players that are in the National Football League. Hey, you're a four star quarterback. Yeah, let's look at. Uh, we got Jalen Hurts. Tua. We got. And he, he, he and, can just go on. And he can get you a bag. You guys ready for some spotlight features? That's message Let's board maniacs. The fans are crazy as always. Let's get to the games that you guys want to watch this weekend. We we're not wasting any time. We're getting to the Red River rivalry. I slowed that down for you guys. We're getting to that game <laughs> right away this week. That's a tough one to say. They need to figure something else out. That's a tough one. <laughs> what an exciting game. First time since 2008, I believe, that both teams are undefeated. First time since 2010 that both teams are rated in the top 10. This game has huge, huge meaning for the first time in a long time. Yeah. Uh, this game marks the realest test that Quinn Ewers is probably going to see all season. Maybe the only test he's going to see all season. Um, can they weather one of probably what's going to be the highest emotional storms you're going to see in college football this season? to take down a very, very, very hot Oklahoma this weekend. We're going to talk a lot about Texas. I know that. We're probably, we might lean that way in our picks, but let's not sleep on Oklahoma. Let me read you guys some numbers here. Oklahoma's allowing just 10 points per game. Um, That Iowa State game was a decent outlier there, but it did not touch it that much. I think it was 5.4 points per game before this one. They are... Taking in 1.5 interceptions per game. They are fourth in the FBS in pressure rate. Very common for Oklahoma. They have two defensive touchdowns through their five games. Uh, Dylan Gabriel is seventh in the NCAA in yards, seventh in completion percentage, fourth in passing touchdowns, and he's up there in QBR as well. He is beating Quinn Ewers in almost every quarterback statistic. That Yeah, this Oklahoma team looks very good. I mean... And they're coming off of 
a very, I think, probably one of their best team performances to the to this time against Kansas last week. And I I am not a t- person that sleeps on this Oklahoma team. I think they are very good. And I am not a big Oklahoma fan myself, but I think they are a very good team in general. And I th- this is going to be... Just want to put it out there. Oklahoma played Iowa State. Texas played Kansas. I know you misspoke there, but yes. I just want to yes. clear that up. Yes. Um, does this, this a more... Be one of the best games Oklahoma the has not played a strong schedule. Iowa State might genuinely be the best team they've played. Does a battle-tested Texas take this one? Or do we got Oklahoma? What do we got, boys? I think Quinn Ewers has already been tested enough this year with Alabama. You know, like, it's Alabama. It's Nick Saban. He is one of the best head coaches at game planning against you. So, as far as that goes, yes, Dylan Gabriel may have more stats than Quinn Ewers, but but Quinn Ewers has played more quality opponents. And he's had, you know, an up game and a down game, you know, a, a few more up games than down games, but I I just think I think Texas Texas takes this. I, I they're gonna they're gonna show up. Is it is it in is it in? It's, uh, it's in this is a no. This I is believe. a neutral site game. This game every oh, year yep. is at the Texas yep. State You're Fair, right. so this game is always played in Dallas. Dallas, Ooh. which is like which, right which between. Favors- it's it's like literally in the middle between where Oklahoma plays and where Texas plays. It's yeah. It's like right. I, I don't, you know, give me Quinn Ewers anyways. I don't care. It's in the Cotton Bowl Stadium, by the way. That's 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 uh, my guy right spread, there. Spreads five and a half favoring Texas. What do you got on that? You think Texas covers five and a half, or you think this game's closer than that? I think this game is definitely going to be a closer game than that for sure. I think defenses are going to play a large part, but also, oh, yeah. you gotta you gotta look at you know Dylan Gabriel has has he really been tested? You know. Has, has he really been could tested get out defensively? Of hand. Zach, who do we got? I I'm I'm gonna stick with Joe. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Texas. Okay. I think I think Quinn Ewers kind of I think he shows that he's uh how he, that he's Heisman hopeful. And I think that he comes out and he performs really well uh, and kind of sh- gives Oklahoma a bit of, a bit of the business this week. Um, I think Oklahoma also then performs really well on offense, but I don't think they can keep up with the high powerness of Quinn Ewers in the Texas offense. How do you like that spread? I don't, I don't, I don't think they'll cover that five and a half point spread. I think it's going to be, it, it's going to be a huge game. I think it's going to be like a two, three point game, but it's going to be like, if, if the over under is like 106, I might, I might be hit the over Texas to win (laughs) Oklahoma to cover for me. It comes down to mentality. Uh, I think these teams are in two different mental spaces right now. Oklahoma second year under Brent Venables. I don't think this team is quite looking to win a championship yet. Maybe the big 12. I don't think a title. Texas is looking to win a title. The mentality is different. You have to win this one. This is your path. You have to win this one. Texas comes in, maybe gets down early emotionally, but I think Texas ultimately is a more complete team. They take this one. I'm taking Oklahoma to cover that spread, though, just like these guys. Let's uh, go a little quicker through these other ones. We've got UCLA taking on number 13, Washington State. UCLA favored by three points here. They got a lot to prove in this one. They did not open up Pac-12 play very hot. Washington State has been hot. Washington State and Oregon State versus the world right now in that conference. With that said, Chip Chip Kelly's got to get this team going. You're at home. You got to take a win here. I'm taking UCLA. I'm going to take them to cover that three-point spread as well. 
I I'm not honestly I'm not really high on this UCL uh, UCLA team. I I don't think they can come out and compete with Washington State, and I think Washington State kind of takes over this game. Uh, I got Washington State on a reverse cover or whatever you however you say it. <laughs> you can just say Washington State and then Washington State covers. Yeah, Joe, who do we got? Uh, definitely give me definitely give me the Cougs. They they are feeling like they have something to prove this year. Yep, especially in the Pac-12 because uh, they're one of the only two teams left that haven't decided a conference on where they're Why planning on <laughs> going. So they could, you know, end up being an independent team at the end of this year. Um, so I think they have something to prove in their last year in the Pac-12. And I, like I think Washington, wa- give me Wazoo. Give me Wazoo. I like it. I like it. I like it. We've got number one Georgia taking on a not so surprisingly, but somewhat surprisingly, number 20 undefeated Kentucky. Georgia's at home in this one. For me, it comes down to flexing your muscle. I think this Kentucky team is going to keep this very close. Give me that Kentucky plus 15 spread all day. But that said, um, Georgia's going to flex their muscle. I think this is their breakout game. After last week, they got a lot to prove. This team's going to come out. They're going to come out fired up. Um, I'm definitely taking Georgia to win this one, Kentucky to cover. I'm siding with you on that. I, I, I like exactly what you said. I think Georgia has a lot to prove, and they're going to prove that they are they deserve that number one spot. And I think they win this game. And I would also have not taken that 15 points spread. <laughs> That's crazy. 15 I, points uh, is crazy. I don't know. It's telling me something, but uh, I I might let it talk to you. Pick this uh, pick this Kentucky team uh, to yeah. sneak in and beat this Georgia team. You have Georgia. I don't know. Have you predicted Georgia to win the Natty? I know. It's still like, very possible with a loss to Kentucky. It's still very possible. It's still very possible. If Kentucky continues to run, they are on. Who knows? They might be a wake up call. And True. exactly, like who says this Kentucky team can't win? I don't like negative 15, especially when it comes to <laughs> picking a game. Yeah. Uh, it's a big spread in an SEC. In an SEC giant game. spread in an SEC where we have no idea what the climate is like right now because Kentucky has beat some pretty decent teams. Yeah. And Georgia, we'll see if Georgia's defense is what they have been, and we'll see if that offense can still predicate what they've been trying to do when they have success when they don't have success you know you got to figure that out who we got joe <laughs> uh, i'm i think i'm gonna pick kentucky in this one i'm gonna go the like upset, upset uh no reverse like spread or nothing i'm just gonna oh, I would pick hope the kentucky not. wildcats <laughs> i would hope not <laughs> i like kentucky it by 20 i like kentucky it it's bold plus. picking an upset <laughs> pick already let's go under the headlights though this is our potential upset alert of the week louisville quietly sitting at 5-0. and Not a lot of talk on this Louisville team. Maybe rightfully so. Not a lot of competition so far. But 5-0, and they look good. Offense looks good. Defense is winning that turnover margin. Taking on a shaky Notre Dame at 5-1. and uh, Louisville is at home in this one. And uh, boys, I'm going to do it. I haven't done it since week one. I've been really close on these games, except for Kansas. Um... I'm going to do it, though. <laughs> I I think this game's got a beautiful spread to it. I think this game could go either way. Notre Dame looks shaky against Duke. Um, Notre Dame has looked shaky every game. They've looked beatable every game. 
Uh, I think this Louisville team comes out at home. They got something, not necessarily something to prove. Louisville's not doing a whole lot this season, uh, regardless of their record right now. Notre Dame, I think they're in an emotional mode right now. They're in wounded animal mode. They're in desperation mode. So I could go the other way. I'm taking upset. <laughs> Give me Louisville. I'm not going to talk I myself mean, out if, of it. If you know me at all, you know I never bet with Notre Dame. <laughs> I knew you'd take this because... one. <laughs> He was offsides. Give me Louisville. <laughs> I, and, I might have trapped you, but I knew you'd take this one. And, and give me, give me, uh, give me Louisville to cover. You think they Louisville takes talking. seven points? <laughs> they, they keep talking. No, I don't think I don't think they'll lose by seven. But give me, give me Louisville. Joe, what you they got? They keep baby? talking all the smack about Notre Dame, and yeah, they do look <laughs> not great in certain aspects, but they do end up winning do. the game. I get it done at the end of the day. Marcus Freeman has a way to get his team in the right positions at the right moments and excel when they need to. They've done it all year except against, you know, the Ohio State. Uh, <laughs> but but I think I think they're going to look at this game and I think they're going to go, "Oh, this Louisville team coming in here 5 and 0, definitely thinking they got something to prove this year." And Notre Dame is going to be like, okay, like we'll definitely reach the challenge and excel. And I think Notre Dame wins this game. I like it. How do you like that spread? Uh, don't take the spread. I think it's going to be closer than seven. It's going to be don't, a three-point game. Don't take a little the spread. by thirty. I like it. There's our spotlight features features of the week. There's our under the lights. Let's talk NFL boys. Bottom of the hour. It is time to talk professional football. Uh, we can't avoid it any longer. Uh, the highest played player in NFL history flat out stinks right now. Might not be all his yeah, fault. Uh, that injury is not helping him out. Offensive line is not helping him out. There's a lot of things going on in that locker room that probably are not helping him out. Uh, the Bengals fall yet again. They fall to Tennessee 27 to three. They're one and three at this point in the season. Joe Burrow was 20 for 30 for 165 yards. Um, you know who had a better quarterback outing than Joe Burrow on Sunday? Uh, Derrick Henry was one for one yeah. for two yards and a touchdown. Higher QBR. Just want to put that King out there. Henry. Uh, Joe Burrow on the season now is 728 yards, two touchdowns, and two interceptions. It ain't looking good for Joe Scheiss. Yeah, that, that offense is struggling. It's it's. I think it's really hard to write. Man, I don't want to write them off yet because I no. that team is far too talented to just be like, nah, they're not having it. I think... I think at some point Joe Burrow will bounce back. I don't know when it's going to be. I think he might need a week off. To, to I think you give him a week off and you let him fully recover, come back healed, and then I think he comes off. And there's some sort of disconnect right now between him and Jamar Chase because, like, I don't know if y'all saw Jamar Chase's interview, but he's like, I'm open all the time. Yeah. And Joe Burrow, just, he's just not getting I'm it. open all the <laughs> all the effing time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm open all the F. Yeah. All I'm say. There is, it's it's more than just on field play. It's locker room. They were just one like and three Vikings. last year, too. I'm I was going to say, they they always start the year slow. They were one it does not end. matter with this Cincinnati Bengals team. They always start the year slow. Don't worry about Joey B. They got a bye week, I think, week nine. Yeah. So who's to say we don't rest him week eight, give him all of week nine to get completely 100% where we need him. And then he goes into the second half of the season locked in and ready to go win something. 
That's what they should yeah. do. It, it looks ugly as hell from yeah. Joey B right now. I, I, I kind of feel bad for him, but I don't. You know, honestly, as a Chiefs fan, the <laughs> yeah. whole Burrowhead thing still gets to me. Uh, I think about it every day. The fact that he <laughs> has more money than Mahomes, it, it makes me upset. Uh, did, you, did, we, did we see Mahomes' comments about how he was just selflessly going to seek more money in his next contract so that quarterbacks in the future can get paid more? Good for him, Obviously. man. Good for him, man. I mean, good for him. Uh, you know, it's crazy. Joe Burrow may look this bad. He may not look good this week, but uh, he looked better than Mahomes. Anyway. I mean, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Maybe. I give him that. I mean, not a touchdown. He didn't throw a touchdown. Yeah, and Mahomes had three interceptions, one overturned because bad refing. <laughs> I agree. I think it was bad both ways. A little bit of an ugly Sunday night. Let's talk rookies. What a fun rookie! Whoa, what, what a, a fun rookie class. Um, Crazy. I got a question to ask at the end, but I've got a lot of stats to read here, real quick. First, let me start with some offensive rookies, and I want to tell you guys, I've got a decent list here. I'm gonna go through them quick. The honorable mentions list was about twice as long. This class is nuts. Um, let me start with Devon. I, I knew how A-chan. to pronounce this. Achan. Achan. Okay, three hundred nine rushing yards. 10.9 yards per carry, four touchdowns, six total touchdowns on the season. Jameer Gibbs, 39 carries, 179 yards. Uh, Dan Campbell didn't seem to want to play him this last game, but either way, promising, promising rookie. Puka Nakua, breaking records out here. 39 receptions, 501 yards. How can you say Puka Nakua, but not Devon? And one touchdown, because he's on my fantasy team. Bijan Robinson, 53 carries, 318 yards. Hasn't found the end zone yet, but you know what's coming in that, in that offense. CJ Stroud. 1,200 Man. yards, six touchdowns, 57.3 QBR, 15th in the NFL right now. Um, Anthony Richardson, uh, granted, two games off. This guy has only played two full games, 479 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Sam Laporta. Rushing yards. Sam Laporta filling right into that Iowa tight end role for the Lions right now, 242 yards and a touchdown. That's only going up from here. Let's get to I'm the defense. Records. A lot of Lions players here. Shout out there. Brian Branch, 18 tackles, three for loss, three passes defended, one interception, and one touchdown. Better than Sauce Gardner. Uh, Will Anderson, 13 tackles, five quarterback hits, and a sack. Jalen Carter, five tackles, two for loss, one and a half sacks, two forced fumbles. Christian Gonzalez, quarterback for New England, being talked about as being compared to Darrell Rivas already, which Sauce was last year as well. But dude looks good. Good. 16 tackles, one for loss, three passes defended, an interception, and a sack, allowing just 7.2 yards per carry. For reference, Sauce is allowing 8.6 right now. What a class. What a class. What a class on both sides on of the both football. Sides. Some of these and guys it's crazy are... that they're getting held up by the Detroit Lions. <laughs> Some of these guys are playing just huge roles already just four games out of their mind it's crazy i would like to point out that cj stroud through what four games has not thrown an interception oh, yeah dude looks good that's crazy for a rookie like i'm a knock on wood for him real quick yeah. but like dude i love cj it, did you guys I read that stat and i was like my mind is physically blown right now <laughs> did you guys like, see his interview yesterday he's talking about how important it is for him to win at home how important it was to beat the steelers he's like you know 
I want to show out for you guys so you can walk around this city and wear your gear with pride. When my Lakers lose, I'm pissed off, man. <laughs> He's, I, I love that dude. He's got so much passion. He loves that city. He loves football, and that dude. He's loves fun to game. watch. I'm, I'm glad He's, to see him be that breakout guy already. He's he's making what a lot of people thought an irrelevant Houston Texans team uh, look like. Look good. I mean, granted that division sucks, but they <laughs> terrible. Very realistically, I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna be bold a little bit here. They are competing for a title, or not? Uh, uh, the, the divisional uh, title. Yep. Divisional title. title. They're competing for a divisional title with because I think the Jags look super shaky. Granted, they looked very good Sunday. But they're across the pond, so that, that those games are literally always weird. Yes, they are. The Colts are the Colts and are never that good. And don't sleep on Anthony Richardson, no. Hey, don't man. sleep on him. <laughs> he has a bunch of rushing yards on top of those passing that yards as well. So yeah, that's true. It's fun to see. It's there. fun to see positions all across the board shine in this rookie yeah. class not just quarterbacks not just those running backs you got offensive linemen that are fun to watch you've yeah. got you just got you got every position across the board that just looks so fun right now are we going to see an offensive rookie of the year not be a quarterback we could we could there's a lot a lot of promising talent in this class that odds race right now i'm pretty sure it's a huge tie for first with like four guys at plus 600 What's Probably. the last time it was a quarterback, though? Who was it? Was it last year? What was last year? I don't wait. No, no, no. I don't pay attention to rookie of the years. No, because Garrett Wilson won it last Garrett year. Garrett Wilson did. did win it last year. He shouldn't have, but he did. And then the year before it was Jay Jettas. Yeah, I don't think you actually get a lot Chase. of quarterback offensive rookies of the year. Because not you're you got to think a lot of uh, quarterback rookies aren't getting the playing time that guys like CJ and Anthony Richardson are getting. That's true. Um, There's way more running backs and wide receivers. I'm thinking MVP. It's going to be MVP because obviously it's going to be a long time before we get an actual answer to this question. But uh, where do we think that this class could end up all time? Genuinely, there's a lot. You guys haven't had a lot of thinking time on that question. Let's not act too emotionally here. There's been a lot of great classes in history. Number one. <laughs> I figured you'd say that. Um, any class has potential. I don't know about number one yet. Obviously, like we said, there's a lot of time before we can answer this question. But man, this class looks good. If I, if I started reading studs. off the honorable mention list, I think we might start talking about that number one spot. I think this class could definitely, definitely finish top five because you've got, you've got a lot of promising talent. You got a lot of guys being con compared to Hall of Famers already out of this class. You've got yeah. undrafted rookies balling out. You've got guys like Puka Nakua setting rookie records who weren't supposed to. I, I mean, it's just there's a lot, a lot of intangibles in this class, and I think it could be, could go down as a legendary one. Yeah, this is going to be a very good class. I Honestly, the most surprising is how good – I think we kind of – some of the offensive guys we kind of saw, like I I kind of thought Cesar Shroud was going to be – I think he was going to kind of be plugged in and look pretty good, but I think he was going to have – I thought he was going to have a lot more turnovers, to be honest with you. I mean, obviously, I was pretty high on Sam Laporta because, I I mean, I liked what he was doing in Iowa being very good receiving. But I think some of the biggest surprises are in defense. Like Christian Gonzalez obviously was a very highly touted, but I don't think anyone saw him doing this. Yeah. Brian Branch, when the Lions jumped up to get him, they were just like, what the heck are they doing? <laughs> Especially because Jalen Carter was still on the board. Me, myself, I was like, 
Why are we not getting Jalen Carter to match him up with I, us? Not to interrupt you, I remember a lot of people being mad about this Lions draft, and it's yeah, it's turned out it really is, well. It is working. Uh, me to be uh, when they moved up to twelve to get Jameer Gibbs, I was like, "What <laughs> the hell is going on here, Detroit? Kids what got are potential. we doing?" Kids but got he's, potential. He's, he's bulling. He's bulling. Could be a great Absolutely. class. Do we do we want to talk about um do we want to talk about the Bills? I guess uh, um, not really. We were we were very high on the Dolphins last week. Very high. Our computer was very high on the Dolphins. Our ratings are very high on the Dolphins. The NFL world was very high on the Dolphins. Boys, what we should have done is we should have looked at that two and a half point Buffalo Bills spread after the Dolphins just won a historical game. And we should have thought, you know what? Vegas knows something. Vegas knows how to play with your emotions. Vegas knows how to make you look at a line and go, oh, I like that line. You didn't like that line. Your emotions like that line. (laughs) The Bills dominated this game. The Bills dominated this game against the Dolphins. They won 48 to 20. They won the turnover margin plus two. They won time of possession. They won third and fourth down efficiency. They dominated in explosive plays. Uh, They won in sacks and QB pressure rate. They won in yards and yards per play. Uh, They ran almost the same exact number of plays. Uh, And they, they dominated it against a team that we were picking to win the whole thing last week. (laughs) Yeah. I think that, I, I'm, I'm not going to write off the Dolphins because no, I think that, that team is insanely good still. I I think a lot of this was obviously a lot of emotion-based. Obviously, they came off of the historic game, like you said. But they went into this game kind of – I think they kind of went into this game expecting to just win. And oh, yeah. they, just, they just did not show up. They didn't play their A game. I think Tua and that offensive line looked very shaky. It was – Honestly, no, actually, I'm going to take that all back. I think we got to give credit to that Bills defense because they looked freaking good. They they, they shut down Tyreek in the first half, and uh, obviously Devon Achain still had his two touchdowns, but they were from, I think, like six and three yards or something like that. But, man, that Bills team, oh, man. I might be speaking on emotion again, but that Bills team (laughs) looks really good. Maybe. After a very shaky start to the season. I would say their defense has all. I agree. Their defense yeah. has like figured it out, like almost yeah. defense. Like they went through the struggles of the first, you know, three games, and they're like, okay, we've been, you know, not good at this, not good at this, and they they did what the Bills defense does. They've they've shown up. Yeah, they yeah. they've been big in moments when they need to be big. That's finally, and that's finally you know, showing up in this Dolphins game where I feel like the Bills definitely felt like people were talking too high on a team that they may not even know enough about and not talking enough about this Bills team. And, you know, they shut me up a little bit. I was like, oh, <laughs> my thoughts, I don't know. My thoughts on this game are football's going to football. At the end of the day, Thanks. football happens. These are two very good football teams. I don't think you read too much into this one. The Dolphins will still have another chance here. Both of these teams will likely not see more than one more loss before they see each other again. I Football is going to football is really the only words I have for this one. Don't think too much into this game. We are four weeks into the NFL season. There's a lot of football left to be played. 
Um, and a lot more things are going to happen throughout the season. I wouldn't write off this Dolphins team. I wouldn't go around saying this Dolphins team is not legit. I wouldn't go around saying this Bills team is not legit if it would have happened the other way around. Football is going to football, and it happened. Blowout game. Yeah. Don't read too much into it. Yeah, and, and the other thing is, like, it's a divisional game. Uh, motions are high. Obviously, yeah. one team's coming off a huge emotional high, and this team, this game is always a super good either – uh, it's either a really entertaining game or it's lopsided one way and yeah. it just happened to be lopsided this time. Almost every single time. Boys, we didn't do it last week. We're going to do it this week, though. Zach, I hope you're a little more prepared with that Super Bowl pick. It's time. It is time to make I can guarantee you I'm not saying the same two I said last time. We'll go through these a little quicker than we did the first time around last week. We got MVP first. Um, I'll lead this one off. I'm sticking with my guns that I talked about in episode one. I'm sticking with that man right back there. I still think the Eagles are going to pick it up, getting a lot of getting a lot of flack right now. Eagles are going to pick it up. Eagles are going to be right on the road back to a potential another Super Bowl. They get to that point. Jalen Hurts, as much as he hasn't looked good to the eyes, statistics are still there. He's still winning games. He's slinging the rock this weekend as much as they almost lost that commander's team. I think if you get in that Super Bowl spot, Jalen Hurts is going to be right there, and I think his numbers are going to shine through everything. Uh, give me, give me Jalen Hurts in this one. Joe, I'm gonna let you take the second one. Okay, I'm gonna go bold and not go quarterback for the first time in a long time. Are you I gonna think, say the same guy? I am. I think Christian McCaffrey yes, is basically the bona fide MVP yes. if he stays healthy okay. and if he continues the production <laughs> that he has been on for the last four games he's guaranteed can i, MVP. Can I read can i read some numbers before you guys continue that pick because i love that pick and i was going to talk about these numbers i actually want to read two series of numbers i'll start with christian mccaffrey though here are adrian peterson's stats for his 2012 mvp season an mvp at running back has not happened since then derrick henry was close 348 carries 2097 yards 12 touchdowns 40 receptions 217 yards one touchdown here is what christian mccaffrey is currently on pace for 340 carries 1950 yards 26 touchdowns two off of an nfl record 77 receptions, 600 yards, and an additional four touchdowns. I think if he can keep that pace, it oh. is entirely possible he takes that award. Um, let me going back to the quarterback position. Let me read four series of numbers here. Tell me which of these quarterbacks you guys would pick. Pay attention now. 1,048 yards, nine touchdowns, four interceptions. That is the first one. 803 yards, seven touchdowns, two interceptions. That is the second one. 1,019 yards, five touchdowns, zero interceptions. That is the third. 1,306 yards, nine touchdowns, three interceptions. That is the last one. Which of those would you pick? Oh, can you awesome. read the third? That can third you read one, the second and the third one again? Second one was 803 yards, seven touchdowns, two interceptions. The third one was 1,019 yards, five touchdowns, zero interceptions. I think I'm taking the third guy. I'm Go. taking the last guy. What was it? Yeah. 1,300, taking that 1,393. Okay. That one you picked, Zach, that is Brock Purdy's current numbers. If you would have said Justin and Fields, I would those up. other three, no, there'd, be a lo- <laughs> there'd be a lot more interceptions. Those are More Brock Purdy's yeah, current yeah, numbers. Those other numbers are the top three in odds right now. 
Tua, Josh Allen, and Patrick Mahomes. Of course, the last one was Patrick Mahomes. And uh, Patrick Mahomes was the 800-some yards. But he also... There was one that first game they... That was a complete anomaly. Yeah. I mean, you can't wow. expect all those drops and Travis Kelsey was Tua. there. Um, the last one was Tua. But yeah, Tua, fuck yeah. Brock Purdy's not Tua. even in the conversation. I'm not saying he's MVP. Jalen Hurts is my pick, but he's not even in there. I love your guys' Christian McCaffrey pick, though. I love it. I, it, I, did, I didn't think you were going to go that route because I think last week, I, I'm pretty sure, obviously, we scrapped the, that part. We did. But I think last week I said Tua. And I did not look at Christian McCaffrey's numbers as nearly as close as I did. He also just had and a massive game this weekend. To be dude, fair. <laughs> he can, he can do everything. Now. I'm going to say it, and I'm going to go a little bold. I think I think Christian McCaffrey breaks the rushing record. I, I like think it. he gets it, and I think he's got uh, to have some big games. He's going to have some big games. You and know I, what that I rushing record is? Like 2090, nope, 2102 it's, or it's, something, 99, yeah, it's something like, like that. Yeah, it's like 2001, it's like 2109 or something. It's Eric Dickerson. Something like that. Yeah. Oh, uh, let's pick. It's like, yeah, I'd say it's like six yards yeah. less than what AP got because he missed it in the last game. Let's pick, uh, let's pick Opoy. This is where I'm going Christian McCaffrey. I'm not going to waste any time. If he doesn't get the MVP, there is literally nobody else in the running for this award right now. I'm sorry. Facts. There's not. Facts. This is my Christian McCaffrey pick. Uh, yeah, if he doesn't win MVP, he's definitely winning the offense player of the year. I think we can yeah, move on guaranteed. from that one guaranteed. pretty quickly then. Yeah. Guaranteed. Depoy, I think, I, could be pretty quick the, as well. I, before we jump to that, okay. I think the only other one we could consider would be Tyreek Hill. Yeah, absolutely. If Christian McCaffrey falls off a little bit, hopefully not. Yeah. But if he does, Tyreek is definitely right there as well. Depoy, yeah, sure. I'm sorry. Uh, he didn't have a great game this weekend, but he's still way, way ahead of pace of his own record. I'm still going TJ. I mean, I'm still, I'm still taking that pick because he's still on pace to shatter his record, even after having, I think, zero sacks yeah. this weekend. Zach, you seem like you got a bold one. What's up? I, it's, it's not really a. I mean, it is a bold one. I don't think it'll happen, but I think, I think Hutch will have a. I think Hutch will be in the conversation Ooh. at the end of the year. Actually, I really I like do because he's, he's right now has just as many pressures as number one no, pressure rate. One, number one I pressure think he has rate in the NFL. one more pressure than uh tj watt correct i think he's at 17 and i think he's at 18 and he's got i think three and a half four sacks three and a half or four and a half sacks something like that which all came think, in that packers game <laughs> you dang right <laughs> I, I i think i think tj watt still wins it but i think hutch will be in the conversation i like it joe who do we got uh i agree with the tj watt pick i think he's just dominated he's dominated in three out of the four games this year last last game was kind of a you know off game for him i really like nick bosa for comeback player of the year um yeah i really like micah parsons if he can not be injured and on the field i like micah parsons uh but I think I, I think ultimately TJ walks away with the award uh, if he continues his pace on just getting after the quarterback. Yep. I think he's got a good chance. I will put in another one. Uh, Khalil Mack just had himself a six sack day. Man, he that Chargers defense to just kind of jump into that. Yeah, that looks like the team that they should be this whole time because Khalil... they have the talent everywhere. Holy. <laughs> that was scary. Can Khalil continue that though? Let's uh let's pick let's pick coach of the year. Um, I think we can move on past this one. It's gonna come down to a few guys. Right now, I think Dan Campbell's a front runner. 
And I think we all three kind of agree yeah. with that to a degree just because of where he has this team, where he could have this team. I see this team maybe winning 10, 11 games. Um, we run the North, baby. And if that happens, I don't think it goes to anybody else because they tend to treat this award a lot like a comeback player of the year award. If you make a big Facts. leap, you're definitely in the running there. That's why Dable got it last year. Yes. But um, I think... Dan Campbell would so be a stupid. lot. I think he'd be a lot so more dumb. deserving than Dable was last year. So I'm sorry. Dumb. I don't. There's scenarios that can happen this season. That's why these are early picks. Right now, for me, it's Dan Campbell. Yeah, and I think I think one of the only ones you could say. I think Mike McDaniel should also be in that conversation if this Dolphins team can keep up. And then um, I can't think of his name. I'm blanking on it. The Kyle Texas Shanahan coach. will be up there. Texans coach uh, Kyle Shanahan. I think if the if if they can keep the pace that they had this week and win games. And yeah. if they can win the South, I think he, he'll, he'll be able to see My thing is they dominated last year too, though. And again, this one's always yeah. almost treated like a whoever makes the biggest leap type award. So I'm surprised people don't bring up a guy by the name of Nick Sirianni because this guy wins football games every like the last year. Yeah. Last year he won how many straight and now he's on another win streak like nobody's talking about nick sirianni bro like if he gets him back to if he gets him back to a super bowl i could definitely see that um but for me again right now it's dan campbell speaking of super bowls though let's pick them let's pick (laughs) them zach you're starting because i'm really curious what this answer for a second i'm really curious what this answer has switched to in a week's time uh dan campbell uh, sorry, uh, <laughs> super. Uh, this year, I think it is so hard to pick a Super Bowl champion. It's to me. Oh, frick! I think there's <laughs> there's three teams that have some serious contention, and I think two of them are in the NFC. I think it's the San Francisco 49ers. I think it's the um, Eagles, and I hate saying that because you just talked about. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> disrespectful. And then uh, I'm, this might be a a emotional pick, but I, I like I like I do like Buffalo. I think that team they have too much talent to just throw it away again. They've been right there for how many years? Yeah, they've been they've been right there every year. I think they would have made it that one year if they wouldn't have gone if their defense wouldn't have choked in 13 seconds. Yeah, and you're welcome, Joe. I've talked good about the Chiefs, um, <laughs> technically. <laughs> but I think I, I think they I think they would have made it that year had the overtime rule not been stupid. Is that your There's pick? Hating the Chiefs again. Are the Bills, your pick? And, uh, no, I think the 49ers are my pick. I think they're the most complete team. That that offense looks dominant. That defense looks dominant. They force turnovers. They score the ball. They they do it all. I'm a backpack off that. I said in episode one, the 49ers were my team. I said I would stick with that and defend it all season. So far, there's nothing to defend. I think a lot of people could agree. I'm still sticking with my 49ers, man. That team looks too good right now. Oh, the 49ers. <laughs> I, I, I agree with both of you. I, I do. I really think this 49ers team is, is what it is supposed to be it is a really good football team their defense is out of this world really really good top to bottom secondary elite the linebackers are elite their defensive line elite 
their offense, their defensive coordinator, elite. <laughs> their their offense. They have weapons everywhere on the everywhere. field. They have one of the best offensive lines in the in the entire NFL. Who's to say? Like everybody's like high on this Niners team, and they're they definitely look like the best team. Joe, in football where's the butt right here? Now. <laughs> um, I just don't know if they can do it. If they have the experience, if they can do it when the time is right, they've made it to the Super Bowl before, and you know they didn't shine as bright as they thought they would. Granted, it was you know Nick Bosa's first year, and some you know the chemistry probably wasn't all there. They've had a couple years now. I want to say, but, but I think, I think the Niners are going to win. Okay. It all this year. <laughs> I, I want to say, I want to say, but I was just trying to build a whole argument. Talk to yourself on, right back down. I yeah, think why they had, why they basically had, I think the, the safest pick right now mm-hmm. is that Niners yeah. team. Cause they're the only team that has not had almost zero question with yeah, that they said, dominated every game. Now. Zach did not, Say the Chiefs this time. So with that hey, said, <laughs> let's uh, let's get into parlay party, boys. Let's get into parlay party. First of all, for those of you who are new, for those of you who live under a rock, or for those of you who just don't know what parlay party is, parlay party is when we sit down at the end of the episode and we build for We're you guys the, the um the ultimate NFL weekly winners parlay. We're gonna give our five best picks for absolute locks. We're going to give you a little bit of a risky profit boosting picks. All of these parlays, might I note, have been right around that plus 950 range when all said and done. I have tested them. I've put them in the the little, the little app. And uh, we're also going to pick a garbage shoot pick at the end, which is a game you absolutely should not touch. We have been perfect on those so far. So whatever we say for that garbage shoot game, don't touch it. Rusted. Had a big week in parlay party. We almost hit our first one. Uh, thanks, Dolphins. Um, record goes to nine and six. We're picking good boys. Let's get another one under our belts. What do we got? Anything sticking out? This week's kind of hard. This week is very uh, hard. I said the same thing. This week is very, very hard. Uh, the first one for me, I think the Lions and the Panthers. I think the Lions, uh, pressure will just get after Bryce Young, and I think the Lions win this game handedly. For Lions sure. at yeah. home. Lions at yeah. home. You like that? Lions like minus eight that. and a half. I like. Yeah. I like the eight and a half. Yeah. I like it a lot as well. I like the Lions to keep rolling right now. If this team keep is rolling. what we think they are, if this team is what we think they are, they roll this game and they cover that spread. So I'm gonna stick confident with it, and I'm gonna say Lions minus eight and a half is our first pick. And MCDC. Dolphins Giants. Um, I don't want to roll off That's of emotions. That's sticking out to me. I don't want to roll off of emotions once again. I think the Dolphins very likely should win this game by ten points. I almost want to roll with that money line just because of how last week went. But I'm gonna be honest. I'm pretty confident in a ten point win out of the Dolphins at home. Uh, I I also am just because I think the Jets or the Giants, Giants offense is abysmal. Yeah. They don't. They have no idea what completely they're doing. Completely inept. You're not hitting any yeah. of your best targets. Your run game is gone now. Saquon's out. Um, I just. Yep, I don't again. think the. I don't think the Giants have the pieces. I like that. I think their first two picks are very solid. There. Lions minus eight I, and a half. I would agree. Dolphins minus nine I and agree. a half. I agree. Um, I really like another Eagles money line. I kind of do, but also Matt Stafford terrifies me. 
Um, yeah, I, I was I was looking at that game too, and I was like, I don't really want any part of that because yeah. the Rams are sneaky good this year because Stafford is playing fairly well for a dude in his like fifteenth year in the league. Like, boys, I got I don't, don't want to pick against the Rams. I got a thought for a risky pick, and I think it's very risky because. On one hand, the team that is favored by four and a half here is very likely for a breakout game soon. On the other hand, this other team has looked like they're really, really improving. Like, I, I like, like this pick. I like Cardinals money line over the Bengals. I was thinking, I was thinking that as well. Like when I was looking through this, I was like, I don't trust the Bengals still. I, I still don't trust them either. If they sit Burrow this week, way. if they sit Burrow this week. I think yeah. you might fall to one and four before that bye week. We could see a disastrous start from the Bengals. Uh, not before I the like bye week. That... Bye week is still several weeks away. But um, I, I like know. that for the bold one. But I was kind of leaning another way. What do you got on a bold one? And and I'm not doing this out of spite for this team. Okay. But I I kind of like the Vikings to upset the Chiefs. And I I think I think just like the the. Bengals, the this team, the Vikings are due for a breakout game. I don't know. Like to... they have the number one pass uh, passer, they have the number one receiver. Their defense is awful, and I think the Chiefs' offense also doesn't look that good. Can Patrick I... Mahomes is showing that he's human. Can I get my thoughts on this one? Let's hear. It. Kirk Cousins is uh, getting hit eight times a game right now. Chris Jones looks really really good right now this chiefs defensive line is i think sixth in the league in pressure rate the vikings to me other than jj and kirk look flat out horrible and um you just had um you just had vikings vikings player just came out i forgot his name all of a sudden just came out and said that he plans on trash talking travis kelsey and uh, Taylor Swift to his face this week to get him riled up. So I'm kind of cool with that. I think the Chiefs roll this game. <laughs> I'm I, not gonna I, lie. I don't. I don't think that that offense just or that defense just that you. I agree is very good. But just let Zach Wilson look like he's an MVP candidate. He had he outperformed Patrick Mahomes. No interceptions. Uh, he may have thrown one at the end of the game. I don't. I'm not for sure. I haven't got to the end of the game yet. But he had 230 plus yards and I think seven incompletions. And it's Zach Wilson. Have we thought who, at all? Have we thought at all that maybe Zach Wilson's just growing up right now? Maybe Zach Wilson no, has some of the best. I watched him play last week. Maybe Zach Wilson has some of the best targets in the league and they're finding ways to get these guys open in space and make plays. They're not trying to do too much. They're not going over the top. They're doing what they need to do to win. His throws uh, looked yeah. perfect last night. Looks good. I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, you Let's know, go back to that Chiefs that. game. Let's go back to that Chiefs game. So far, we got Lions eight and a half, Dolphins nine and a half. What other ones are standing out here? That Cowboys 49ers uh, game kind of scares me as well. I was looking That's, at the Ravens Steelers game. Yep. Okay. I think the Ravens are playing really well right now, and I think the Steelers offensively still need don't to figure some stuff out. They still need to figure Kenny Pickett will probably be out. out. Yeah, and uh, yeah, he left the game. Mitch Trubisky is probably in. I think the Ravens probably take it three and a half. Uh, I would say it's probably a seven to ten point game. I would agree with that one. So let's go Ravens three and a half and roll that one right into Jets money line over the Broncos. Yeah. 
I'm, yeah. I'm, I don't. I don't like the Broncos. Though. I don't like the Broncos. At I all. hate the Broncos. I don't like the Broncos. I think, I think the Jets' defense is pretty good. I think the Jets so, are slowly improving. I, They've still got pieces on that team. So many pieces on that team. They I, I think they're due for. Lot. I think they're due for that first kind of you know, not we're here, but first sort of big win. Zach Wilson will show up again, and I think uh, I don't. I, I don't trust the Broncos at all. Like, like Sean Payton got a snuck that win out against the worst team in football. Let's but, go. Let's go. Jets money line then. I like that. Let's go. Jets money line. Lions eight and a half. Dolphins nine and a half. Ravens three and a half. Taking a lot of spreads this week. I like it. Let's think this risky pick. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna try to get this done here, but let's think this risky pick because we're zero and four on these. I'm just saying. Or I'm, I, I, I am very high on that Vikings team, I, and it's at home, and I think they come with something to prove. And I, th- me personally, I, I, I'm taking the Vikings to win that game. What about, I, what about I, Jags to I've win back to back in London? I've been thinking about. I've been looking at that Jags in London, and I'm like, well, haven't didn't the Jags just play in London? The Jags own London. I mean, they're like, getting accommodated. Uh, uh, they're getting to know the food. They're there. They're getting to know some locals there. They're finding the best coffee shops. They're comfortable over there in London right now. Why not? Why not have the Jags beat the Bills? Zach, you said earlier, London's weird. London's London is <laughs> London is weird, but I don't like the Jags. Honestly, the game it's I'm technically on paper is an upset, but I don't think it really is. is yeah, we got to agree Patriots. on this. We got to agree on this. It, it, the only I don't think I can. One, is, the only I think one, the other one is is, is the Saints Patriots because I think the nah, Patriots team is terrible. Joe, what do you got? I, I, I would say the Texans Falcons. I think the Falcons oh. have shown oh. that they can be beaten. I, yeah. That was and maybe going to be one of my... playing really good. So you know who says this Texans team can't continue to roll and uh, go in and beat Art Smith Jr. and his mom. You know what? Screw it for the I'll sake for the sake of episode time. Let's take Texans as our risky pick here. I so, say that, that was going to be one of my garbage shoot ones, but then yeah. I think for record's sake, we took Lions eight and a half, Dolphins nine and a half, Ravens three and a half, Jets money line, and Texans to beat the Falcons. Let's go Texans minus two and a half over the Falcons. Throw in a little bit of extra pepper. Um, I'm here for it. That's our official parlay party picks. Um, coming off a hot week, let's do it again. What's our garbage shoot game? To me, it's Cowboys Niners. I'm sorry. I yeah, I'm not I, touching that one. I'm not touching from that a game. betting standpoint, nope. I don't want anything to do with that game. I almost feel like the Cowboys are gonna get exposed, and I feel like the Niners yep. are gonna run up the score. But also, that Cowboys defense is kind of figuring it out. Even without Trayvon Diggs, like uh, the dude who is now playing in Trayvon Diggs' spot, granted they were playing against the New England Patriots and Mac Jones, but he got a couple picks. Like he was picking off Mac Jones with ease. So I don't know. Maybe yeah. they get enough pressure on Brock Purdy and then he force him into some mistakes. And maybe the Cowboys compete with Dak and you know the boys, but I'll be honest. I don't want to touch. I don't want to touch that game. I I, I hate betting Cowboys games in general because this team is. I I feel like since I was 
born since I've known the Cowboys. This team has always been a what the heck is going to happen every Sunday, man. Every Sunday. Every Sunday. Uh, I never know what to go with them. So I think that is a perfect garbage shoot pick. With that, that's Parlay Party. And that's episode four of Under the Lights. Once again, we ask you guys, subscribe, hit the thumbs up on this video. If you're listening on podcasts, you've made it this far, follow over there. Give that a thumbs up. Give that a rating over there. Help us out. Tell your friends. Tell your moms. Tell your wives. Tell your dogs. Um, Either way. That's episode four. Let them know. We're going to see you guys live on Thursday, 7 o'clock. Episode one of the live. Never happened. Nope. Um, Never happened. (laughs) We're going to see you guys then. If you saw, you saw. We're going to see you guys then. Thursday, 7 o'clock. We'll see you there. Going to be elite. Going to be a banger. We love you guys. And we'll see you next time. Peace. Peace.